At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VCNV Sports Betting Network. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. It is arguably the best sports day that we have had in a long time. Opening day of the Major League Baseball season with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games on the schedule. Two games were postponed. And, of course, round one of the Masters when all eyes will be on Tiger Woods. Coming up about 15 minutes or so, we'll be joined by our very own Wes Reynolds of Long Shots fame, as uh, Wes will give us his plays for the Masters and get his thoughts on Tiger Woods, who will tee off around 10.30 or so Eastern time from Augusta. Uh, wanted to finish my thoughts on the leans for opening day in Major League Baseball. If you're just tuning in, we had uh, the under in the first five in the Brewers and the Cubs. Uh, maybe a Brewers... Uh, team total bet or something like that, but really just the under in the first five innings uh, is what we're looking for for the Brewers and the Cubs. I do like the under for the game as well. Team total over four and a half for the Cardinals against the Pirates. It's a way of betting on the Cardinals for me without laying the minus 190 on the Cardinals price for the game. I don't hate the Cardinals on the run line. I just don't like betting run lines with home teams because you're not guaranteed that ninth inning at bat. And yes, I know that ninth inning at bat would be helpful towards getting the team total of over four and a half. But here's the thing also, when it comes to Major League Baseball and betting overs or betting others, just betting totals in general, whether it's team totals or game totals, extra innings are your best friend. With the new extra inning rules, starting with the ghost runner on second base, teams are going to at least score one run in the extra frame. Now, I know betting on, you know, banking on a game to go extra innings is not like the best strategy. I'm just saying it provides you a little extra cushion. You're sitting here and let's say you have a total of over eight and it's a 2-2 game. All right. Or if it's a 2-1 game, 2-1, you think you're dead. You go into the bottom of the ninth and your team is down 2-1. to one. You're alive. You have outs. You just need to get that one run and tie the game. Then you go to the extras. The other team puts up two. Now it's four to two. And the home team then walks it off and wins 5-4. You hit the over. So it's just, it's, it's a thing that stings 
with betting the under, and that's why I don't think I can bet an under for a full game in Major League Baseball, and I can't bet an under on a team's run total. I can only bet unders in the first five innings, and I can only bet overs on team run totals because you can handicap the game as best as you can. Give me all the numbers, the stats, everything that points to this team having no success against a starting pitcher. And then the bullpen blows it. Or the game goes to extras. See, for me, and people always ask me why I bet so many first five inning uh, lines, is because the majority of my handicapping is about the starting pitching and the lineup. Yes, there is, yes, you handicap bullpens all the time. You can adjust for bullpen usage. Uh, like, you know, we talked about earlier with our, our, our own Adam Burke. If a team's closer has pitched three games in a row, likely going to get the game off. So you go into a game knowing, hey, Brewers don't have Josh Hader tonight. Or the Yankees don't have Araldis Chapman tonight. There's a benefit to knowing that. And it comes into play when you're handicapping a full game. But for me, I like looking at the starting pitching and seeing where I could take advantage of pitcher-hitter matchups and also familiarity. I talked about this uh, earlier this week. I love familiarity in baseball. We know, and the analytics show you, that the more times through a lineup, the better the hitters are against a, a pitcher. Pitchers don't usually get better numbers the third time through the lineup, the fourth time through the lineup. That's why a lot of pitchers are coming out of the games earlier because managers don't want the the players, the pitchers going three times through the lineup. Familiarity is so important. I don't care about success or lack of success as much. Yes, that matters to me a little bit, but what matters to me is the bulk of the at-bats. So if you have a player that has had 30 at-bats against the opposing pitcher throughout his career. I don't care if he only has seven hits in those 30 at-bats. He's got familiarity. There's nothing really new that that pitcher is going to throw him that he hasn't seen before in the course of 30 somewhat at-bats. Whether it's, you know, picking up the ball in the pitcher's hand, or whether it's just the pitcher's pitches. Not a lot of guys are reinventing themselves and throwing new pitches. Yeah, some guys change their grips. Some guys do add new pitches over the course of their career. But for the most part, guys stick to what got them there. And so I look for familiarity between hitters and pitchers to see who has the advantage, uh, hitter or a pitcher. Uh, let's continue going throughout the board here. Like I said, I might be on the Mets in some aspect, maybe a team total, maybe a fade of Patrick Corbin, whatnot. The Braves, uh, same thing against the Reds. I might find a way to play on Atlanta. I do think Atlanta's the play here. Yes, there's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstances there. They'll get their rings. They'll celebrate the World Series title, but they're the better team, and they're the better lineup against the Reds. Pitching matchup is going to be in their favor as well. I think the Braves are a great offense. Uh, I think they'll be able to continue to hit. And weather shouldn't be a factor there uh, in Atlanta. The over could be a play. Eight and a half, nine I'm seeing. Maybe jumping in on Atlanta early in the game. A first five-inning play. An Atlanta first five-inning run line or an Atlanta team total. 
which will probably be four and a half, uh, could even be four. Probably not, though. I, let me see if let me see if it's out here right now. I would assume it's four and a half. Game total is at nine. So let's see. Yep, four and a half minus one twenty-five. Not thrilled about the minus one twenty-five, but the number's right. I think this Braves team can score five runs against Tyler Molly, but we'll think about it. The Angels and the Astros is really intriguing to me because I want to see the situation with Mike Trout. I want to see what the rest of this Angels lineup looks like. I got to see what the Astros lineup is as well. And Framber Valdez, dude could pitch. I'm a little curious about the total. It's at eight and a half, and it's juiced to the over. I don't think I could play an under here, especially an under in the first five. I might actually consider a fade of Otani. I think I think this game might be priced incorrectly by the time we get to first pitch. The Angels are getting a lot of hype. And I, I've been hyping them up as well. Look, I got a Noah Syndergaard ticket to win the American League Cy Young. And I get it. Trout back. Rendon is healthy. You got four at-bats now or five at-bats a game for Shohei Otani when he pitches because of the new Otani rule where he is going to be able to be the DH when he pitches so he doesn't have to come out of the game. You got Tyler Wade, who I know from his Yankee days, decent ball player, decent infielder. Jared Walsh at first can hit the ball. It's about it, though, for that offense. The Astros, meanwhile, this is a team that is still pretty good. Altuve, Bregman, Guriel, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Chase McCormick. This is a good lineup. I, I I think I might take the Astros here as a small underdog. I'm looking here. Astros in the first five innings. What's that run line like? It's ma. This might be the move. Total is four and a half for the first five innings. I think it goes over. This is a fate of Otani. It's a fate of Valdez. It's backing the Astros lineup. It's backing first two at-bats or so of Otani and Trout if he's in the lineup and Rendon. I think these teams can... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's going to be hot. Ball will probably fly in the hot temperature. The other thing that I kind of like in the first five innings Astros plus a half a run. It's minus 125. If Houston goes, if Houston completes five innings with either the lead or if they're tied, you cash at minus 125. This might be the move here in this game. Over four and a half first five innings, Astros plus a half a run in the first five at minus 125. You get the benefit of having the win if they don't have the lead, if they're just tied. Now, to have them have the lead after five innings, plus 115, which is nice, but if they are tied, you get the push. You don't get the win. Something to consider. Do you want to chase the plus 115, or do you want to lay the 25 cents and have the ability to get a win if they're tied after five innings. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get into the Masters with Wes Reynolds. This is the look ahead here on Easy. Predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now, one of the hosts of the long shots. He is Wes Reynolds to talk all things Masters, and the Masters betting guide is available now at vsin.com. So go ahead and make sure that you get your hands on it for everything you need to know to bet the action at Augusta. Wes, let's talk about Tiger Woods. He will tee off about 10:30 or so Eastern time. What is a realistic expectation for Tiger here in his first round on Thursday? Yeah, Scott, uh, I would think probably make the cut considering he's 21 to 21 as a professional. The only cut he ever missed at Augusta was his second time as an amateur, and he was low amateur the year before. So, you know, I honestly, I'm going to go with Scott Van Pelt's answer that he gave us on the Long Shots podcast this week as he joined us live from Augusta is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what to expect. I mean, I heard Freddie Couple saying, man, nothing's changed. He looked great. But you got to keep in the context that Fred Couples is kind of Tiger's homeboy. 
he was a guy that really kind of mentored Tiger, one of the older pros, when he first got out there. So, of course, he's not going to say, hey, he looks like crap, man. He really shouldn't be playing at all. He should go back to Windermere. But, no, he's going to put him over. And from everything I've seen and everything I've heard, the swing looks good. Now, how is he going to be able to walk the course? Is he going to get tired? Is he going to start feeling fatigue and his fitness is going to come into question? Uh, but everybody says that the swing looks good. I didn't really do anything with him this week. I didn't follow or fade him at all. I actually considered him in a matchup at a big price against Patrick Reed simply because Patrick Reed can't keep the ball in the fairway and he can still make great putts on the greens, but they're usually for par or bogey and they're not for birdie. So that's the only bet I really considered with Tiger this week. I don't have anything on him right now, but I really want to. <laughs> I, I just want to—I want to root for him. Um, I'm thinking I'm not going to do the outright. I know it's sixty-five to one here at Circo, which is really, really enticing. But what about Tiger top ten finish or top twenty finish? I think could that 20. entice you? Top 20 probably be more doable because you got to look at the field at large He's here. plus 345 here at Circa top 20. Yeah, uh, I could maybe sponsor that. I'm personally not betting that, but there's just so many guys at the top here that really have a chance to win this thing. And keep in mind, this is a player that has not played since he last played here at the Masters, and that was in November 2020. So, you know, it's, it, it might be something that you could do in play, especially if you could do in play props. You know, if he gets through the first round and he shoots, let's say, 71 or 70, two under or one under, then it's like, okay, you know, we, you know, he's back. He, he knows this course, and at least the course know-how is going to play a factor. But I know that people do want to bet him because, look, nobody wants to root against the guy. I mean, he almost had a fatal car accident, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he's arguably the greatest player in the game. So I don't think very few, many people are really rooting against him, per se. So people want to bet him. I, I will give Circa behind you a little bit of credit because I think they're at least somewhat putting a fair number on the basis of you don't want to put 100 to 1 out there because every Everybody's going to want to bet it. But there are some shops that are like 25, 30 to 1. That's a little ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, I would say if I was running a book, I'd say 66 to 1 would be fair. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting bet here at Circa. Finishing position over under 57 and a half. Uh, I'd say the under because that means he's probably going to make the cut because this is low 50 in ties that make the cut. You have 91 players here, so low 50 in ties. So look, you could have 10 guys tied for T49 and then get 58, 59 players make the cut. So if you think he's going to make the cut, then you just play the under there. All right, give me your plays here. Uh, let's start with the shorter odds. Let's start with the favorites at the top of the board. Who do you like amongst the favorites here at Augusta? And I'll say let's draw the cutoff at Rory. Uh, or Morikawa. Let's so everybody from twenty to one to under those top favorites. Which of those guys do you like? Yeah, the only one I have under that price actually is Justin Thomas. I worry he's going to be a little bit popular this week, but I already bet if him. You look, <laughs> if you look, yeah, exactly. If you look at how he's played, why not? Because over the last twenty-four rounds, number one player in this field for strokes gained total, number two strokes gained tee to green, gained with the putter opening two of the last three starts. If he puts like that, 
I think he could take down a jacket. And also, this is where I think Bones Mackay, his caddy, who was with Phil Mickelson all those years, is really going to help him. Because Bones, look, three green jackets with Phil around here. He's going to know what holes you can attack, what holes you can play it safe, you know, help him read those pots because these are fast bent grass greens. And look, they roll anywhere from as slow as 12 on the stamp to 15 on the stamp. Every hole has its own unique characteristics and its own unique speed. So I think that's why Bones Mackay came back, not only to have a player like Justin Thomas and be on his bag, but that's why JT made the change to Bones because he's tired of being major list. Last one, one in 2017 at the PGA. Yep. Justin Thomas is, uh, you can still get 13 or so to one here at Circa to win the uh, tournament. Uh, what about the mid-range guys now? Let's go into the 30 to 40 or so to one odds. Who do you like in that range? Yeah, a couple guys I did play in the 20s, though. I did play Rory at 20, okay. going for that Grand Slam yet again uh, for the eighth time. Eight times a charm, right? Let's see, <laughs> let's see if that's going to happen for Rory. But maybe Tiger in the field takes a little of the spotlight uh, off of him. Patrick Cantlay, 25 to 1. Number one in total strokes gained over the last 36 rounds. Go back to 50 rounds. Then he's number two. The overall game is there to win the green jacket. And keep in mind, this guy's the number five player in the world. And he's kind of like forgotten about reigning PGA Tour player of the year. So I bet him at 25. And then I go down to the 40s. And I think he's probably at 40 or 45 right now. I bet him at 50. And that's Shane Lowry. Yes. Who's never been a Good. guy that has played great here, Scott. But... If you look at the form coming in, and this is a lot shorter sample size than I just gave for Thomas and Cantlay, number one in total strokes gained over the last 12 rounds is Shane Lowry. Remember, he was right in the mix to win the uh, Honda Classic mm -hmm. in Palm Beach and fell short by a shot. Also played well at the Players' Championship T13. He aced the 17th, the Island Green. So this is a guy on approach that's been absolutely tremendous. Fifth on approach, and that's the key really here at Augusta. You got to hit greens and regulation. Even if you're 60 feet away, then you got to just be a good lag putter, two putt, take your par. But you got to hit greens here. If you're up in those runoff areas, you're looking at, you know, making a bogey or a double bogey on these holes. Wes, I made three bets. And I did Justin Thomas, Shane Lowry, and Will Zalatoris. I can't get away from my boy, Willie Z. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I just, I'm going to back him until he wins. <laughs> well, he, he was second here last year on debut, Scott. Yep. Look, debutants don't usually do very well here. There's a reason why one hasn't won since 1979, and that being Fuzzy Zeller. But he was second here last year. Eventually, it's kind of like that you know, water's going to find its level and it's eventually it's going to happen syndrome. We've seen it with Scotty Scheffler. Look, he didn't have a win two months ago and now he's got three and he's the number one player in the world and the hottest player on the planet. So Zalatoris eventually is going to figure it out, but we know what his weakness is. We know it's the putter. We know he'll hit a ton of greens. He'll be up there on strokes gained approach, all the metrics that you look at but then he can get a little shaky with the putter, particularly at close range. And that's what happened to him out at Torrey Pines. But I can't disagree. There's a lot of cappers I respect that are on Will Zalatoris this week. Yeah, I just, uh, I, it's, you know how much it would hurt to not bet on him and watch him win, considering that I've bet on him every single tournament and he hasn't yeah, won, especially when he should have won earlier this year. So <laughs> that's I, the life of a golf better, man. Yeah. You know, I have that. <laughs> 
whenever you get off a guy, because I've done that a couple times this year. Look, uh, I had Scotty Scheffler at Phoenix, and I didn't stick with him because I was like, okay, he got his win. He got the pressure off him. Now he's going to be a little bit happy about it. And he said, no, I'm going to go ahead and win Orlando. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and win the WGC Dell match play and become the number one player and unseat John Rahm from that top ranking. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens. Sometimes maybe we love them and we leave them too quickly, and then you get buyer's remorse when you're not on them and they come through. Even if it's just $1, I have to bet on him in every tournament until he wins. So <laughs> I just I have to just on principle, Wes. I appreciate the time. Enjoy tomorrow. I know you've been looking forward to this for a long time. Tiger's back. It's Augusta. Nothing could be better, Wes. Appreciate the time. You bet, Scott. Thanks for having me. There he is, Wes Reynolds. Catch the long shots. The podcast available. It's online. Go to vcin.com slash podcast. And the Masters betting guide is available as well. Everything you need to know, the, the outright bets, the top 10 bets, the matchup bets, all things Tiger Woods as well available there. vcin.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Draft your lineup to win. Cold, hard cash? Then chill. Play the Fantasy Baseball Throwdown, presented by Coors Light for free. Draft a winning lineup for your shot of a share of $5,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Rockies now to join the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restricted supplies. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. On the NHL schedule on Wednesday, a couple of favorites won and a couple of dogs won. Uh, Capitals, they upset the Lightning 4 3. The Red Wings, man, we talked about this last night. In fact, uh, our buddy Dave Tooley, in his Tooley's Takes article on vcin.com, did point out what we talked about, which was the Red Wings as the swagger play. They had lost six games in a row, then proceeded to snap that six-game losing streak by winning, and then we backed them in the next game. They were plus 230 here against the Jets. They win outright 3-1. to one. The swagger play comes home. The Blues beat the Kraken 4-1. to one. This was one of the official plays that we gave out in the subscriber newsletter. Blues minus a goal and a half. They won 4-1. to one. The Flames also covered the goal and a half. We gave that out as well. They won 4-2 to two over the Duckies. And the Golden Knights, we gave that out on the money line. They lost 5-1. to one. That is such a bad loss for Vegas. Like, they... Honestly, might not make the playoffs. And I know that when that happens, you can't just point to one loss because it's an 82-game season. You're not going to say that was the one loss that kept us out of the playoffs, but this is going to be the one loss that's going to keep them out of the playoffs. It's still very possible they get in. Vegas is still only one point back of Dallas for the second wild card in the Western Conference. They're two points back of Nashville for the first wild card spot. Vancouver's still alive with that win, though. They are, it's a, it's a ways back. It's seven points back, but they're not going away. 
Uh, Colorado is uh, right now your front runner for the President's Trophy by two points over Florida. They have 106 points. Minnesota is your two seed in the Central, just one point up on St. Louis, who is the three seed. Calgary's the top spot in the Pacific. They have a six-point lead over Edmonton, who has a one-point lead over L.A. And L.A. L.A. is only uh, four points up on Vegas for the third seed in the Pacific Division. Nashville, six points back of St. Louis for the third seed in the Central. Over in the Eastern Conference, Panthers top spot, 104 points. Leafs are in second. The Bruins are in third. Bruins are three points back of the Leafs for second. The Lightning are tied with the Bruins, but by virtue of the tiebreaker, Tampa is currently the wild card team. In the Metropolitan Division, the Hurricanes have just a two-point lead over the Rangers. The Rangers have a four-point lead over the Penguins, and the Penguins have a six-point lead over the Capitals for the uh, wild card spot. Uh, Islanders not eliminated just yet, but pretty much. Uh, taking a look at the schedule here for Thursday. And it's there's still going to be betting opportunities here, people. Just because we have uh, Major League Baseball opening day and we got the Masters doesn't mean we forget about everything else. There's a lot of opportunities on the board. Here's what we got. Rangers hosting the Penguins. Rangers minus 105, so it's pretty much even there. Total of five and a half. Flyers are at the Blue Jackets. Columbus minus 130, total of six and a half. Predators are in Ottawa. Nashville minus 180, total of six. Canadiens are in Jersey. The Devils are minus 160, total of six and a half. Um, and we'll talk about the games as we let me go through the board first. Hurricanes are a heavy favorite at home against Buffalo. They're minus 380, total of six. Kraken are at the Blackhawks. Chicago minus 150, total of six. Leafs are at the Stars. Toronto minus 135, total of six and a half. Canucks are at the Coyotes. Vancouver minus 200, total of six. Oilers at the Kings. What a huge game. Edmonton minus 125, total of six and a half. And the Flames are at the Sharks. No line is out on that game just yet. Seeing if there is any swagger or anti-swagger play opportunities. And I think it might be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto won five straight games before losing to the Panthers. So it's not quite the six-game losing streak, but it is a six-game winning streak. But it was a five-game winning streak that got snapped with their loss. So maybe betting against them could be the play, but... I don't want to bet against them. You don't want to bet against them. So let's uh, move on there. Buffalo, no. Buffalo, I thought Buffalo might be a swagger play. Maybe snapping a losing streak. Don't think so there. Uh, In the Metropolitan, Rangers only had a small losing streak. Capitals didn't have a big losing streak either. So nothing was uh, snapped there. Um, Islanders, they had a, they didn't have a big winning streak. They were kind of up and down. Islanders won four straight games before having that winning streak snapped. The Hurricanes have lost two straight. Um, so nothing really there. Um, and let's see in the Western Conference, Minnesota, Minnesota, they are, they, no, they had their winning streak snapped already. So nothing really going on there. Uh, Nashville, nope. No swagger in that one. 
So I don't think there's anything else. Vegas would probably be an anti-swagger the next time they play. Vegas had a five-game winning streak that was snapped here with the loss to the Canucks. They play against the Coyotes, where they're going to be heavily favored in like a must-win game to keep their playoff hopes alive. So maybe that's a play against them uh, the following time. Something to just consider uh, when it comes to betting Vegas. The Kings, they um, didn't they didn't have a streak or anything that was snapped. So there's nothing that falls into that category for these games or any of these teams in their next games. Like I said, maybe Toronto fade, maybe Vegas fade. Take a look at those uh, plus money prices on those underdogs. Rangers and Penguins. Rangers have played the Penguins really well late the past couple times that they played them. Rangers are absolutely in the mix now for the division lead. They are just two points back of the Hurricanes. They snapped their small little losing streak with an incredible defensive effort against the Devils the other night. Like, when I say in defense, like, they dominated. The Devils had two power plays in that game where they didn't even get a single shot on goal. The Rangers were just excellent defensively, and Georgiev and Net was okay, but now you'll get Shesterkin back in net here against the Penguins. Last time these two teams met, Rangers won 3-2. The time before that, Rangers won 5-1, and the time before that, the Penguins won 1-0. The under is the way to look here in this game. This is going to be played with a playoff-type atmosphere at Madison Square Garden. These two teams are jockeying for position there in the division, and I think both of them look at this game as a measuring stick opportunity. Uh, I think it's going to be tightly contested, and under 5.5 would be my lean here uh, for this game. Let me see if it's juiced right now. Probably is. Um, No, the over is actually juiced at minus 120. Oh, please let this thing get to 6. This thing gets to six. That's the play. Like I said, just the last three times these teams played, one nothing Penguins, 5-1 Rangers, 3-2 Rangers. Uh, Flyers, Blue Jackets, no real feel for it. Two bad teams. Columbus is better than Pittsburgh, than Philadelphia, so probably go Columbus. Predators should roll over Ottawa. Uh, they're also you know in a playoff battle here, so I would like uh, the Predators in that spot here. I kind of like the Canadiens, a little plus money value here going against the Devils. The Devils just love to give up goals. And I know the young Canadians can score them. So I might take a stab here, plus 140 uh, on this game, or take a look at the over. These are two over teams in the Canadiens and the Devils. The Canadiens have played one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh my goodness. 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 overs in their last 15, 16, 17 games. 18 games. That's a lot of overs. And the Devils, I think, are eight of 11. So that could be a way to look at this game. Hurricanes should kill the Sabres. They really should. And they just lost to Buffalo in Buffalo. And I always love this spot of taking a team that loses as a heavy favorite to a team and plays them the second straight game because they're not going to lose to them two games in a row as heavy favorites. Hurricanes should roll. 
at home in this one against Buffalo. Can't lay the heavy juice. Probably just go minus a goal and a half, but even that is minus 140. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Opening day and the opening round of the Masters here on Thursday. We are jam-packed with betting intel from our experts. We got a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus futures bets, matchups from the long shots, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans. So you got to sign up today. Get full access to VSIN through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only $19 at vcin.com slash spring. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Just a couple games left in the in the excuse me NBA regular season. Uh, the play-in games will be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. Then the first round will begin on Saturday. Um, still some positioning to be determined here in the NBA. And it kind of helps taking a look at some of these games. Two games in particular for the Thursday schedule. Celtics Bucks and 76ers Raptors. Right now I'm seeing the Raptors are minus 2 against the Sixers, the Bucks minus 5 and a half against the Celtics. Let's talk this out. Toronto is the five seed. They cannot get to the four seed. They also, I do not believe they can fall to. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The six. So they're 46 and 33. Chicago is 45 and 35. Chicago plays the Hornets. And they play Minnesota. If Chicago wins out, the best that they can finish with is a 47 and 35 record. Toronto would then need to just win one of their remaining three games versus Philly, against Houston, and at New York. They win two of those three, they are guaranteed 
to be the five seed. I think that, you know, plus I don't know if Chicago's going to win those last two, but let's just say that Toronto's in a really good spot. They're like 90% locked in there to the five seed. Milwaukee and Philly are still in play for the two seed, as is Boston. And yes, Boston does have an outside chance at the one seed if Miami loses their last two games and Boston wins their last two games. Then Boston would be 50. They'd both be 52 and 30, and Boston would be the one seed. More than likely, though, this is how it's going to play out. Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly will be 2-3-4. Where will they be? Both, everybody can finish with a 52 and 30 record. Here's where these games are interesting. For Toronto, if they win this game against Philadelphia, they will pretty much seal Philly's fate as the four seed. One of the teams between Milwaukee and Boston will suffer their 31st loss here on Thursday. That will then... Uh, tie Philadelphia, but again, both Philly and, and uh, excuse me, both Milwaukee and Boston, I believe, have tiebreakers. Milwaukee definitely has a tiebreaker, um, and Boston would already be 50 and 31 should they lose. So Boston would still be ahead of Philadelphia. Toronto can pretty much ensure with a win that they play Philly in the first round of the playoffs. What's important to note about this is that Matthias Theibel cannot play for Philadelphia in Toronto. He's not vaccinated. This will affect them Thursday, and it will also affect them in a first-round playoff series for the potential three games that they'll be in Toronto. At least two, but potentially three. What Toronto can also do and they are in an interesting spot with this game, is they can choose their opponent. Think about it. Toronto can choose who they want in the first round. Because by beating Philadelphia, they not only prevent Philly from rising up, but they also prevent both Boston and Milwaukee from dropping down. And so if you want to avoid playing Boston and Milwaukee, you got to beat Philadelphia. You have to give Philly their 31st loss here on Thursday. Because then they're not going to catch up to Milwaukee or Boston. Probably not. And then the schedules doesn't play out in their favor because, you know, both those teams will win after that. Toronto can pick their opponent in the first round. If they want to play Milwaukee, all right, let the Sixers beat you. But if you don't want to play Milwaukee, and I don't think anybody wants to play Milwaukee, then you got to go ahead and beat Philadelphia. And not only beat them, but send them a message that you're going to beat them in the first round of the playoffs and that you ain't afraid of them. Here's the fun game to think about on the NBA schedule. Celtics Bucks. If I'm Milwaukee, think about 
this scenario. If Milwaukee wins this game, they will legit probably finish out with the two seed. They'll bo- they'll be 50 and 31 with the Boston Celtics. And actually the Celtics would have the tiebreaker right now. But let's say the Celtics then lose their last game at Memphis. Then Milwaukee wins their last game, which is going to be uh, who they play in their final game. At Oh, they play two more games. At Detroit and at Cleveland, Milwaukee can get the two seed. Boston would be the three seed. Now, why does that matter? Well, it matters because the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the seventh seed. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. The Nets will be the seventh seed. They're going to win that play-in game, and they will be the seventh seed. I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks want to line up with the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. As opposed to their other option, by getting the three seed, and right now they have a tiebreaker over Philadelphia, so they would be the three seed. Milwaukee would line up against the six-seed Chicago Bulls in the first round. A Chicago Bulls team that they have played within their division, that they have beaten within their division. The last four times, or they're 4-0 against Chicago this year. They have played Chicago now. Let's see. Let me look at the entire schedule here. Uh, Let's see. They, oh, no, we want Milwaukee. We want the Bucs. Let's look at the Bucs here. No. 94-90, the score of the first game. 118-112, game two. 126-98, game three. 127-106 game four. I mean, seriously? If the Bulls, if the, excuse me, if the Bucks played the Bulls in the first round of the playoffs, they're sweeping them. At worst, it's a five-game series. If I'm Milwaukee, I am resting guys in this game. Let the Celtics have it. Get it on the Celtics now. Because I don't think Milwaukee wants to win this game and capture the two seed. I think the Celtics would be happy playing the Nets. There's the whole Kyrie thing, a little bit of a rivalry there. I think they'd love to play against the Nets. I think Milwaukee would be very happy to dominate Chicago in that 3-6 matchup and then see what happens as they progress throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. I love Boston in this matchup here. I love Toronto, and I love Boston on Thursday night here in the NBA. Major League Baseball opening day. I can't wait. Coming up on Follow the Money, Paul Stone, professional handicapper, 7.45 a.m. Eastern time. Nigel Seeley, soccer handicapper at 8 a.m. Mike Palm from here at Circa, also host of Odds On here on VSIN, 9 a.m. And then former Major League Baseball pitcher, Hall of Famer, John Smoltz, and will be on Fox Analyst at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time coming up this morning 
on Follow the Money. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I will tweet out the official Major League Baseball play of the day. I have my leans. I think I'm pretty sold on what I'm going to take. Let's have some fun. Tiger at the Masters, opening day of Major League Baseball. Let's roll here on The Look Ahead on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.